As always, the No Chill Podcast is brought to you by Life Recovery Water. Replenishing the body with an all-natural product is always the best form of recovery. Life Recovery Water offers up three delicious thirst-quenching blends guaranteed to refill your body while satisfying your palate. Coming in natural coconut, watermelon, and pineapple flavors, rehydrating the body with necessary electrolytes such as potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, and calcium. These electrolyte properties are vital to any athlete or sports enthusiast after a tough workout or training session. Life Recovery Water. Go get some today. The No Chill Podcast is back and just in time to kick off the NBA season. On this episode, we get into power ranking the top teams in the East and in the loaded West. Gil cuts right to the chase, letting us know who he thinks is coming out of each conference and why. For other teams, there's plenty to look forward to, and for us fans, plenty to watch for. How will Kawhi play in a new system with the Raptors? Will Giannis finally get some support in Milwaukee? Does LeBron have the Lakers in contender mode already? We also get into the breakout teams and breakout players poised to step up this season. For Gil, it comes down to development and who has it all together to take things to another level. For teams like Detroit or Denver, they could fail to get off the ground or they just might surprise us all. Lots to get into on this one. We hope you like it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on Apple Pods, Spotify, or SoundCloud, along with checking out the No Chill channel on YouTube. Ooh, all right. So we're ready to kick off the NBA season. It's, uh, it's the time of year everyone looks smart and can look really dumb six months from now. Uh-huh. Make your predictions. You think you know how everything's going to work out. Doesn't always happen that way, but we're smart here. You have you have a notebook today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, you know, jot down a couple notes. Did your homework? No, no, no homework. Just didn't want to fuck up people's names. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, turning over a new leaf there. Yeah, yeah. And so, instead of saying you know Alonzo, La- uh, you know, now I get to call him Lonzo this year. Well, is it is because people told you that? They call no, no, that? no. You know, when you're a rookie, you don't really get your actual name. You get you get what you got to earn your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get what you give you. <laughs> Um, but so what we're going to do is we're going to pick the top teams, East and West top four. You don't need to run all the way through it, but okay. cause at the end of the year, you think it really comes down to these guys, eight teams. Top if, four is usually the top cream of the crop. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, starting in the East, I think it comes down to two teams, mm-hmm. Boston and Philly. Okay. They're jockeying for that top spot. Okay. For me, it's Boston number one, mm-hmm. based on the fact that they were there where they were last season, the depth that they have now, and they're all healthy. Brad Stevens got them to overachieve with Hayward going out first game of the year mm-hmm. and Kyrie down in the playoffs. So the question for them, you keep you're agreeing with me. Yeah, I don't I, I mean I, I don't think, know the rest I, of your lineup. I don't know the rest of your lineup. You said so Phillies I mean, of my top four? Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was getting there one at a time. Okay, okay. okay. I'm just... <laughs> okay. Um, but the question for me is how those guys are going to play together. Of all this talent assembled, how is it going to actually perform on the court? Mm-hmm. Should be a good concern. Is that your question for them? No, I don't really have questions for them. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear what your questions are at some point, um, but I'll go through my I want to hear your four. list. Yeah, yeah I got it. So for me, it's Boston, mm-hmm. then Philly, then Toronto with Kawhi, mm-hmm. and then... Washington. Okay. Okay. In that order? In that order. Huh. One through four. How about you? Well, I mean, we 
We got the same four teams, just not in the oh, Okay. Part. All right. Um, I got Philly one, Boston two. I'm going to go with Wizards three, Toronto four. Um, I, I, I just think that, yeah, as great as Boston played last year, they, they were the second seed. I know Hayward went down, but at the end of the day, we don't know how he would have played anyway. I mean, so you can't – all you can just do is see is how they were without him. They played well. They played well when Kyrie wasn't there. So now that two of the stars is back, the two players that replaced him got to deplete what they did. Right. That's the funny thing. You never really have a team that overachieves that – Okay, now you get a new influx of the same guys that were there last year. Obviously, they were off the court for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Will you still overachieve, or do you actually produce but, but the level the, of that, expectation? But the, so that's the thing, because now the egos, the sacrifice, because now Kyrie and Hayward got a sacrifice for Terry and uh, Brown. Are they willing to do that? Do, yeah, do they have to sacrifice? Yes, or they say, because those, I'm because, here now. Thanks for that last year. Yeah, you can yeah. you can do that. Hey, the captain's back. Yeah. Sit the fuck back on the bench. But then you lose two bench players, or you lose one bench player who was a star last year. And I put my money on Philly because, I mean, when you look at their record, they were 52-30. and 30. Boston was 55-27. and 27. But that 52-30 and 30 is – I think is misscrewed because Embiid only played 63 games because he wasn't playing back-to-back games. Now you have a Embiid who will be playing every game, a Ben Simmons who now has – he knows what the NBA is about. He was unstoppable last year when he decided to go. You know, you got to remember, he's more of a point guard. So the fact that he knows he can't be guarded at 6'10", 6'11", point. Does he have to be able to shoot? No, because at the end of the day, he gets anywhere in the paint, it's a layup or a dunk. At right, six, but you would see defenders back off him. Yeah, you're going to – I'm gonna, sure that's what coaches tell him, right? Yeah, but who's backing up? A 6'10 power forward that's going to be guarding him. Mm-hmm. How far can you back up before this kid decides to jump? <laughs> there's, there's, as I said, there's really nothing you can do. So with – it's like having Penny and Shaq, but now you got Embiid. Who's, who can't jump as, as – is not as powerful as Shaq was, but you have a bigger Penny, but, you know, Penny was a little bit better. Right, it's a 2.0 two version. You, and that. then you have, you know, players like J.J. Redick, um, Foltz. Yeah, that's that's the big question Foltz, for them. Foltz is back. Um, you have athletic Wilson Chandler. Covington. I don't, it's Covington. The combination of those two So I don't great. see how Boston dethrones these kids. Like, Boston, yeah, you played great. But at the end of the day, when you match up against them, you're matching up with two seven footers, athleticism. When you're when you're starting five is six three, six seven, six seven, six eight, six nine. And they basically got two seven footers that know how to play. So I don't think Boston will run away with it. Like people think they are. And what we're doing by going right to these final four uh, in each conference, you're saying that. When it gets down to when it matters in the playoffs, matchups. it comes down to matchups. matchups. Right. And then with Wiz, I, I got Wizards third with John Beal and you know Howard. Depending on how his back holds up, that can be very dangerous because with 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 how John Wall gets in the lane, 
you know, on fast breaks and, you know, half-court offense, if you give him the lane, he's dunking or making a layup. If you think about stopping him, Dwight is right there. Uh, a half-ass Dwight would still be better than uh, Gortat. Gortat was, and Gortat had an amazing couple years in Washington. Better in what way, if you want to compare those two? So they obviously, you're saying they More athletic. I mean, Gortat didn't – he was solid. Fantastic finisher. He was was solid. But, you know, Dwight is more of a defender, um, shot blocker. I mean, I'm going off the Dwight I used to see. You know, the back injury kind of, you know, hurt him a little bit. But a half of Dwight is still amazing. So he he doesn't have to – I mean, for what you want out of him is – Setting screens, rolling to the basket, finishing at the rim, and just rim finish, protection. Finishing at the rim, rim protection. That's all they really need, just to play solid. Um, they can go from, if everyone stays healthy, definitely three. Um, the question I have for, for John Wall, I think specifically, is this point in his career, his leadership ability. I think that's what everyone knocks him for. Being the leader, <laughs> it's, a leader is... What does it really mean? Because remember, sometimes the leader on the team is not your best player. Well, that's my question you know, so for this team and this roster. Who is their leader? I think right now Brad and John are sharing that responsibility, you know, as co-leaders. But it's also their style, and maybe it's not that style to where you're the locker room guy or you're the But, I mean, got to remember, when you have two heads – that locker room is going to be on one of their sides. So, <laughs> you know, it's So they them. better get along. Those Yeah, yeah, it's all it's I mean, it's in their best interest for the locker room themselves for both of them to get along. Um Toronto I got them fourth. Um I just don't think they're better with Kawhi than they were with DeRozan. Because DeRozan was a natural scorer. He he has the best footwork in the NBA. He wasn't a a three-point shooter, but mid-range and creating his shot, that's what he was good at. So he was their sole offense in the half court with Kyler. I don't think Kawhi himself possesses half court offense. So when this team gets in a half court offense, can he be the go-to guy to average 28, 29? Give him the ball the last second to create his own shot. I don't know if he's that guy because he was in a system that created that space for him. Yeah, I think that's what everyone wants to see out of him. Is he actually a system guy that he was in San Antonio, or can he create for himself? And you're talking about isolation situations, right? Yeah, because because he's not in he's not in San Antonio where that whole system is going to create shots, is going to create defense, is going to create mismatches where they're moving the ball. In Toronto, you have to be the star. I don't know. Does he I have person- to be the finisher, though? Because he ha- who's going to sco- do it? If he scores, as far as workload goes, he can who- score 25 a game. Okay, okay? but who's so- going to be the finisher? Okay. Are we saying it's Lowry? But Larry, but Larry, Cal uh, Lowry, he's a point guard, an aggressive guard. But he deferred to DeRozan. So he just can't turn it on and say, I'm going to be the guy shooting all the shots at the end. Because he's looking at you. This is what you traded him for. He's supposed to do this. Well, the thing so, for them, I think, is the coaching change. But it's everything. I mean, you back but, further. But because, it's everything. You 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 got to remember, Kawad is known in the NBA as the, basically a top three player. Mm-hmm. DeRozan, not even top fifteen. So 
you're switching him thinking this guy is about to do that, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if that's in his – you know, some players are great one-on-one players. Some great – some players are great system guys. You traded a one-on-one player for a system guy, but you don't have a system for this guy to be great. Well, I think there's two things they wanted to – Masai Ujiri wanted to get accomplished in this move was to get him and, I think, evaluate what they have in him. If they can create a system in Toronto – like they did in San Antonio. That would be his long-term goal. Yeah. If you want to create a system like you had in San Antonio, go to San Antonio. Because <laughs> there's a reason San Antonio's <laughs> He's been, not there. But San Antonio's been probably the most winningest franchise in sports history in sure. the last, so if you're a in the last two of decades. A team, like Masai is, that's what he wants to build in Toronto. <sighs> yeah, got so, so that's the so, first thing. The so, second thing is, can they get him to stay in Toronto? I, I mean, he's going to get a member. His value is going to be off of this year. Um, with their bench, you have C.J. Miles, who I like, and you have uh, Wright, who I like. But that's – They're guard deep. That, but that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see how this group carries a load to the to – the, I'm giving them fourth, but I, Detroit, Detroit – They're coming – they could the, come the, on on Because Detroit was playing well last year before – you know, before Stan, Considering before that Stan got, does Stan. Yeah. See, that's what I said. No one pays attention to Detroit because Stan was there. They're my sleeper team. I mean, they're not a sleeper team. If you look at the beginning, when Stan was fresh, they were amazing. They were they were top five. They were, shit, they were top four before the Blake Griffin trade. Yeah, right. So they're, now they're, you but, had Blake, but that, but and um, what I'm saying is they, they were they were up there in the rankings. I think they were like two, three at one point. And then Stan usually does what Stan does best, irritate the rest of the team, tire the team out, they quit. And that's what that Detroit team did. So at some point they will be either third or fourth, and either the Wiz or Toronto are going to be below them. Yeah, but the good news for them is they don't have Stan. They have Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. So with Dwayne Casey, a healthy mindset, a better environment, I think in a full can. season with Blake, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with on that on that team, I think it will. They have a lot greater of an upside, I think, um, than people maybe give them credit for. Yeah. Um, but back to back to Washington versus Toronto because it's kind of like they had that. They're in that similar place where they have Toronto versus. Pieces. If if I think if Wiz played the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs, Wiz the Wiz will be happy. You know what I think for the best thing that that Washington has going in their favors. They're probably the most consistent out of this group. You yeah, know I mean, that's what I said. They're, they're consistent. They're, and that's all, that's all that matters. These guys know each other. They know, you know, who's one, who's two, who's three. They know what they, each one of them does. All, they, all that team has to do is take this team and then just say, all right, come on, Dwight, come along. With Toronto, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, Kawhi has to, he has to try to be dominant. You know, he has to try to be dominant because that's what they brought him there for. So, And I feel like they're giving him this year to prove that. He has to. I mean, right. I, he has to. This they is don't the have most, any tie to him after this year. He has no tie to no one anyone. Right. But, I mean, as a player, as a guy who is trying to establish himself in the, NBA, in the NBA, is you're ranked third amongst TV personnel. Like, if you watch the TV – and you're listening to professionals and experts. He's three, because you got to remember they 
they they account for 58 wins, 68 wins. You know, that's how they rank you. You're you're 60 wins a year. You're you're the best player on the team. You're a two-way player, blah, blah, blah. That's how they rank him number three. But can you actually say he's the third best player in the NBA? Can you say he's the third best player in his position? Do you say he's third best? In the NBA? No. Are, is he the best third? Is he the is he the third best player in the league? I mean, in his position. LeBron, Kate, is he third? Can can he say he's third? I would probably put Giannis ahead of him if you're putting okay. him three. Yeah, depending on what position. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Giannis okay, you, we haven't yeah. talked about that. Okay, them, you but. put him. You put him. There you go. So he's not even. But you, I think third I, best. I think James is uh, is third best. James Harden. Mm-hmm. That depends on where you put him at. But that's what I'm saying. If he can't, if he can't say he's the third best player in his position, how can he be the third best player in the league? But that's because of the win shares. Also, he's got two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers ahead of him. But I mean, but it's win shares. You you you, you put the wins in, and then the wins take you over. Like if you're tied or you're below someone, you, and you're winning fifty games a year, you're, you're the best team, you're a top third team. That's where they put you. So this is very important for him, for for him individually this year because he's not under that that Spurs winning system. He's not under the defensive system. He basically has to fend for himself in Toronto. Do you think that he has more talent around him in Toronto than no. he would have? Talent, yes. No. That's hard. <laughs> Make up your mind. <laughs> it's hard because – okay. That's hard because with San Antonio, talent, just raw talent, I can't even, I can't even answer that one yet because I don't know until I see what Toronto has to offer. Basketball minds – San Antonio. Sure. And that was important. It's the 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 minds. It's like that Laker versus the that Laker team with Carmelo them versus um that Detroit team. Detroit's their players were smart. All of them. Yeah, and they were playing together at the right time. But too, but I they were smart. They... But we got to think. If you look at that whole, lot, they were all smart basketball. Well, so players. was Kobe and Shaq and Gary Payton, Carmelo. But but, you... but yeah, but. But you're selfishness taking, versus yeah, you're smart players a who team know on yeah. the rise versus yes. guys that were their window was closing. But that's what made the Bulls. That's what them. made those Laker team. It was the it was the brains behind the teams, right? You know, those teams had smart individual players. But the thing for Kawhi leaving San Antonio, which I think they have a lot of talent. Um, obviously, it's a great system, but um, he obviously just didn't want to be there. Yeah, I can't. I can't account for what was going through his. But I think that matters. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I can't account for what he was thinking. Was it right or wrong? I can't. I can't put. If I'm not in his shoes right, to understand why he did it or what was was he really hurt? Was I can't. I can't. I can't even give you an opinion on it. Right. Only he knows that, and obviously the the, the front office staff in San Antonio. But I think he did not want to be there. That's something we're. Sure we don't of. know. Yeah, he we, wanted out. We don't know. He Same never, with Jimmy Butler. He does not want to be in Minnesota. Jimmy's expressing himself. Kawhi never did. So we don't know what Kawhi was thinking. We don't know anything. Okay. So what we do know is this is our top four. This is our top four. Uh, They're going to have to battle it out. Mm -hmm. And then we're saying Detroit is our sleeper team. Detroit is the sleeper team in the East. Um, I know everyone has their hopes on Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee's Milwaukee. You know – Budenholzer, I think, will will help a lot of things. Who? Mike Budenholzer, new coach. Hey, what what team did he play for in the NBA? Well, he coached. He came from the San Antonio system. Okay. Coached in Atlanta. 
and now he has uh, quite a bit of talent around him in Milwaukee. Okay, so I, I, to me, I think they're six, five, six, somewhere in there. Six, but seven. for it's the sake of today, we're talking top four. It's the East, yeah. So <laughs> six, seven, yeah, five, six, seven. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Congratulations. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. You made the playoffs. You lost first round. But they also probably have the top player in the East. We can maybe agree on that. Top player in the East. Ooh, that's a uh, raw talent. Biggest upside. And I think, Possible? That's what, I think that's what everyone's excited for is this is here, his year to where it comes together in a big way, puts him in that MVP conversation. Yeah, he, he, listen, he's, he's the, he's the on new average, he's horse a, in the race. He's going average, average, to start off the first 10, 15 games averaging 32 and, and 9 and 10. And, five, and then eventually it slips, and he's going to slip all the way down, and he won't even be considered anymore. We, yeah, we get it. I got it. Don't don't discourage people at this point in the season. They're all excited. It ain't discouraged. It's facts. I mean, he's going to start off really well because that's the type of player he is. But at the end of the day, it's still Milwaukee Bucks. It's still the team he has around him. He can't do it all by himself. So the fact that you're going to put these great numbers on him means he has no help. If we know anything about the playoff race, yes, your numbers start off well, and then eventually your record takes over. His record is going to be fifth, sixth, seventh. Sorry, buddy. You had a great year, but you're not. Do you think the guys that he – because I think what he has in Chris Middleton is the guy that – you always want a really good player to have a shooter that can play off the ball. And Listen, I think he that, has decent players. But for him to become who he thinks he is, you know, an MVP – like, there's a, there's a difference. His playing style – is an MVP caliber, a caliber player. But his team is not going to get him there. Just like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, yeah. you're, you're going to be an MVP candidate every year the first two months of the season. Fun to watch. Yeah, and then your record is going to bring you down, and then you're going to be frustrated. Just It happens. So do you think it's that situation where – it's old school team building mentalities. We have one guy, we'll put players around him, whereas now we've seen things get accelerated with a big three. You know, but, but see, that, that, there's a reason of. super teams are created and big threes are created. If you look at throughout the basketball, there's always been a big three. It's always been three players <laughs> versus everyone else. And there's always that one superstar who's fucking trying to carry his fucking team that's like, eh, you, you're not winning. Like, yeah, you're not winning. It's like, I'm not winning because I, I, I got to do everything. And then, but that's when players are says, you know what? It was fun, you know, becoming a superstar by myself. But now I want to win because now you're judging me off of winning. You're not judging me off of my actual talent. My actual talent says I'm better than everyone. But because my team is winning 32 games because you're saying you're not winning a championship. Yeah, how the fuck do I supposed to win a championship? Yeah, I'm a Bugatti. Everyone else is Hondas. How do I supposed to win this race if I'm facing fucking five Ferraris? It's not possible. It's not possible. It's just not possible. So what ends up happening is these guys say, fuck it. I'm just going to join someone else. I'm going to win. I'm going to get my championship like with, with, with KD. Like when someone says, where do you rank KD now that he has championship?" I ranked him where he was ranked before. <laughs> Motherfucker, he was LeBron than him. He doesn't. It didn't change because he won a championship. He was 
uh, a, a MVP. It was a uh, leading scorer three, four years in a row. He was the fucking best player, second best player in the NBA because he has two rings. Does not change what he was. Well, I think only, for only, him I, to make that move, he got frustrated. No only problem. people who don't play basketball and play sports rank by winning. Everyone's not fortunate enough to win, but to say Charles Barkley was not a dominant player because he didn't win a championship. To say Karl Malone wasn't the, because he didn't win a championship. Like, stop. Stop already. But I also think guys know after a while with what we saw with KD is you, you're in a place long enough, you have to – Change your it, it, that's what I said. If Champ- you really want to win, championship, but championships is is built off of the people who own the teams, not the players. Right. So if your owner is a businessman and not a winner, then you're not going to be a winner. So you don't think maybe KD saw there's a better place where yes, that's he left like, because like he wasn't winning. Have, their ownership has their shit together well, that's along saying, with their. Everyone's office. leaving because their owners is not winning. Everyone's gotten smart. Like these guys are not ruining the NBA. Who's ruining the NBA? Which I don't think is ruining. These new owners are coming in and said, hey, listen, I'm an NBA fan. This is fantasy to me. I want Katie. I want DeMarcus. Shit, if I can get LeBron, I'm going to get LeBron. If Kyrie wants to come, I'm going to get that, – that's who I am. I want, I'm going to spend whatever it takes for me to be a champion in my world. That's who these guys is. Old basketball, got to remember, these guys bought these teams for a million dollars back in the 80s, the 70s, the 60s. They don't care about winning. They've yeah, made they just hundreds of – show up. They, came, they made hundreds of millions of dollars. So yeah, I mean, I, I also think that once you establish a winning culture, you want to maintain that. And you know that if you win, it'll bring better, mean more eyeballs on it from that's the national audience, fans across the country, not just in your market. And that's, but that, that has nothing goes to do with into the, the formula of building a that's But a, who builds a team again? Ownership. Okay, right. that's all that matters. So, so building yeah, so, your team. So that's why I said, so when you look at a team like Milwaukee, no, they're not going to win a championship ever. Well, back to the Bugatti thing. I think when they brought in Eric Bledsoe, that might have been a chance for them to see. We ha- we brought you a player, all star caliber player, not good enough. Now, what if they brought Anthony Davis to Milwaukee? I mean, if they brought Anthony yeah. Davis to Milwaukee, yeah. they'd be top two. But Anthony Davis won't go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, to Milwaukee. So that's just fa- that's just facts. Well, listen. <laughs> Greek is not going to be there. He's going to sign this big deal. And then eight years, it was a year eight. Everybody's going to say, oh, this guy can't win, blah, blah, blah. Then you're going to trade him. I could see Anthony Davis leaving New Orleans before Giannis leaves Milwaukee. Uh, Yeah, because Giannis is only 23. Right. (laughs) So he still has. He still has. Coming from Greece. Listen, Giannis is like. Just happy to be in the U.S., happy to be in the NBA. Giannis is like a chick that's between. 20 and 31. You meet him in two weeks, they want you to marry him. They have, they still have upside in life. They still think <laughs> it's all glory. You know, reality hasn't hit them yet. They haven't been heartbroken. Yeah, they haven't. The reality of what I see on Instagram is what's real. Like, no, that's pretend that, life. So that's, what Gian, that's where Giannis is mentally. You know, this is the team I'm going to win. I'm going to win the championship for my city. Woo ha. Great. We all, hey, listen, Giannis, trust me. We've all had that. <laughs> we all thought that until they fucking traded us, okay? <laughs> it's like uh, your high school sweetheart. Yeah. Nothing wrong with her. Nothing wrong with her, but then, and then college hits. That and ends then at some point. There's college sweethearts, <laughs> and then there's professional and sweethearts. Then there's, and there's those ones. <laughs> then there's yeah. groupies, and then, I mean, yeah, you know, we get it. Uh, that's another episode. But yeah. um, 
So speaking of Anthony Davis transitioning to the Western Conference, what do you think of the comparison between the East and the West? Really? Yeah, I want to hear. For the last twenty years, when has the East as a whole been dominant? You know, the East as a whole hasn't been dominant. You know, West has always been the dominant side. Yeah, I mean, so the Western teams are the dominant. You've had some dynasties come out of the East. The Heat when they had the the big three there, Detroit when they had their run. But, but but think about it. But those 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 East dynasties, those players were East players that just stayed in the East. You know, it's not like you know uh, the, the West players went there. It was like, all right, Toronto, you're four. We're gonna take your best player. Cleveland, you're two. We're gonna take your best player. We're gonna put them on this team, and then boom, we're gonna just make one super team in the Eastern Conference. That's all they did. Well, okay, I'll run through my four. Obviously, there's a, a team that uh, locally here that everyone uh, is hyped on. They're not in my top four. Um, but I'm going to start with Golden State. Defending okay. a championship is the hardest thing to do in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two team, Houston, gave them a hell of a shot last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think if you are the best, I'll put you at one. Uh, and they they got better, I believe. With the with the boogie acquisition, you know he probably won't play till January, maybe even February. Um, but long term, since we're kind of flash forwarding to the playoffs, that team is going to be, you know, just better. Mm-hmm. Um, at three, Oklahoma. I like if if Russ and PG are running it back, uh, and Melo's out of the way. I like the way that they're going to play. I think they're going to be opened up, uh, but they also have some pieces around them that. Um, they legit can be at that three spot. And then my four, I went between Utah and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I like San Antonio. I really do, especially with DeMar. I think he's going to be playing with a, a chip on his shoulder. But the Murray injury, uh, losing their point. I think Patty Mills slides into that starting spot fine, but mm-hmm. then they don't have the depth. Mm-hmm. So losing that depth, for me, it just knocked them down to five. And at four, I got Utah. Hmm. Utah. Huh. Am I right? I mean, that's a good. That's a yeah. good lineup. I'm. I'm gonna go a little different. Um, I'm gonna go with Houston one. The reason I'm picking Houston over Golden State for one is because Dan Tony is a. Uh, he's a. He's a winning. He's a, a, a he doesn't build his teams for playoff wins. He is a regular season win guy. So if you look at all of his teams, they're always going to be one or two. So the way this style, the way they play, they're going to go for the best spot in the NBA. So, you know, with adding Carmelo to the mix, I mean, they're going to be trying to run people out of the gym. Um, the best team, of course, is Golden State, which I have at two. And the only reason I have them at two is they don't have anything to prove. They don't have anything to prove to be chasing wins. Well, for me, the, the, what I thought about for that is I think the idea of a three-peat, which hasn't been done since That has Lakers, nothing to do with regular no, season. I think that is a – well, I'm talking that, – uh, okay. that well, has – this is regular season. You right, got them right. ranked number one. That's what I'm saying. I got them ranked two. When the regular season ends, they're going to be a second seed. But I think they, as a group, will be motivated to be the best team in the NBA 
They are the best. You, your record doesn't tell you if you're the best or not the best. That's why I have met one. They're the best to me. They're one. Yeah, they're not going to finish right. one. They're going to finish two. Okay. They're going to finish two because, they again, they don't have anything to but prove. To me, there's why, a difference why, between. Why would Kerr, these are back-to-back champions. Why would Kerr push these guys to the limit in regular season if he's building them because he knows they're going to be in a championship game? So why am I going to go out there and try to win Every single – yeah, he knows his team. If he plays them balls to the wall every night, he knows his team can possibly win 75 games. But as a coach, that is stupid. I'm not asking for 75. So I they're not going to – Yeah, 65. 65? I don't know if they win 65. I, mean, I don't think – 65, you're, you're still second. I don't think – you think Houston wins more than 65? Houston's going to try to win 66 games, 67. 62. The 62? They're another team. I don't think that D'Antoni, like you said, he, he knows how to make a winning team – Winning team in regular season. and uh, That achieves during the regular season. That, that's all that matters. So maybe he knows now I'm not going to push them as hard because no, it doesn't matter. That's, that's I'm one-two. He's going to be – he wants home court advantage. you got to remember, the best team doesn't care where they land. They don't care where they land. I, I can land one, I can land two. It, it really doesn't matter to us. Because you got to remember, that you DeMarcus Cousins is going to come back at some point, February. They're going to have to – Sit some players to get him his reps, which they're going to lose some games doing that. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're going to rest their players. They're going to lose games trying to get DeMarcus back because they want DeMarcus ready for the playoffs. And that's where I say that's when they're going to start losing a few games trying to get him involved. But I think they can. So they're going to slide to second. But they have enough talent and depth that they can rotate guys to where they can make different lineups. Like the yeah, they're going to make, but that's what I'm saying, but to make different lineups to get DeMarcus touches to get him comfortable with playing to get him back in the mode that means curry's gonna have to be off the floor a little bit that means um kevin kevin durant's gonna have to be off the floor with this high spring ankle um tweak here you know it's gonna be something but that's as a coach you're gonna need that that's why i said they're not gonna be going they're gonna they're the best team they're not gonna be going for the best record but to your point you play that way and a team and a coach can run his team that way because you are confident and you know that you can turn it on, especially, well, and you're saving yourselves a sort of okay. So this is this is this is what was the biggest mistake Kerr has done in the last three years? Mistake? Mm-hmm. I you want to go down to the the final two minutes of Game Seven against Cleveland? No, no, no. The year they broke Michael Jordan's pushing his team too far, pushing his team too far when you didn't have to. Going for a record that was really meaningless. What did it? What did it get you? But I think the irony there is that he was on that team and he knew what it was. I mean, when it, to when I'm saying, what I'm saying, when it comes to basketball, you, you were playing guys that shouldn't have been, been playing. They should have been resting up, getting ready for the playoffs. You know, so I got them second. Third, third is a third. I mean, I personally think they're third. Lakers. Okay. Lakers, I've watched them. And when you say the when you say the team out loud, they don't sound so so amazing. <laughs> but when when I watched them play, they were better than I thought. And this is just preseason. So I started looking at the subs, subs coming in, subs going out, and we all paid attention to LeBron. But I think this team started getting better when Lance came, 
Beasley came, JaVale came. Because what it did was it presented lineups that I don't think anybody else in a league can match up to. And when you look at a lineup like, hmm, you got Lance at the point, which on offense he'll be running the two, but he'll be sticking your point. You got LeBron at the two, which will be running the one. Um, you got Ingram at the three. You got Kuzma or Beasley at the four with JaVale at the five. When you're talking about <laughs> a 2K team, you're t- this lineup is big. Big as hell. Fast, athletic as shit. They can switch every every pick and roll without giving up an advantage. So when you say like Curry does that that pick and roll with him and KD, well, it's going to be Lance Stevenson on KD, which you're fine with, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you're fine with, Curry going against LeBron, which you're fine with. You know, it's not like he's going against Tristan Thompson and, and players like that to get his shot off. So I don't see how – this team gets beat day in and day out. But on the other end is when you put Lance Stevenson in the post or the mid post, that is, that is going to be hard to guard. So with their length, I think this team, the last five minutes will be hard to guard if they went with that lineup. Like, we, we, you know, Golden State have their death squad. I think Luke should think about this lineup they because have their, they have their B squad. Because your your first quarter, their first quarter squad, no matter if you have Zoe or Rondo, they're gonna they're gonna try to run you out of the gym. No matter which point guard you pick, Rondo's a better point guard. Um, Zoe is the future, but as a point guard, a playmaker, like Zoe is a passer. You know, there's a difference between passing and playmaking. Like, so if you look at Rondo's preseason, he's made passes in this preseason. Zoe hasn't made all his, his whole year, you know, his whole last year. But I, but, think, I think Lonzo could work toward being that kind of No, a, it's a You're skill. You're he's a distributor. He's just a distributor. Get it from point A to point B. You know, that's who he is. But he's, for Rondo, the key is Rondo, his IQ Rondo, and his Rondo's IQ and vision of seeing things that's not there, making the plays that – that that needs to be made. Like he is a he is a playmaker. You don't, but I'm saying you don't think Lonzo could get to that. Lonzo play? doesn't have that. He Zoe doesn't have that that skill. He doesn't. He's more of a. I always say like he's not like look, if you look at Ricky Ricky Rubio those type these guys are trying stuff that you're like oh, yeah, okay right. ooh they see angles and they see you know that he doesn't he just he makes the safest do. makes the you know the safest pass. To the right person at the right, and that's who he is. That's just who he is. He's a, he's a, um, he's a safe player. So no matter who you start, you're gonna have, a, you're gonna have up and down, and th- this team is gonna get out on you, and they're gonna come back. Like I seen them defend the rim, and you got three or four players bl- jumping and blocking at the same thing, and when one miss. And someone pumped fake, two other players jumped at that same ball. And I'm like, man, this team is long, and they're going to be hard to guard. But that last five-minute lineup, Lance, LeBron, 
Ingram, Kuz, or Beasley, JaVale, I don't, I don't see how you beat that team day in and day out. Yeah, I think, well, first idea on this is that this, this team was built for running, for transition, mm-hmm. uh, and for defense. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, in the half court, who are your shooters? Beasley hit shots. He can shoot the shot. Mid-range. Shooter. I'm talking when you need points. When, you got to remember. a go-to guy to score for you. you have that, but to say that's a problem. Beasley, create, he's a one-on-one player. Ingram has a he that, ha- that is Ingram up, ha- Ingram it, has his one on one but he he can he can get in there and first two years we haven't seen that out of him I mean, that's it, what we wanted see, but what people don't understand is I, I say people stop paying attention what year he's in pay attention to his age he's twenty one years old think about all the twenty one year olds he's fine <laughs> he's fine you don't give up on a twenty one year old guy he's in his third year most of most of his age group is still in college right now you know so he's he is. Exactly where he's he's exactly where he was, he's supposed to be. So first two years they were Luke was giving him reps. No, yeah, first two years, they're, they're your first two years, your third year, your fourth years. At, no matter where you are, if you're going to be a star, you turn it over in your third and fourth year. He's coming into his third year, and you can already see the improvement in so preseason. far. Preseason looks really so. Good. That's what I'm saying. So he's going to be the one on one guy in a half court. You got Lance Stevenson, who's a one on one guy who can create. You got Beasley. So breaking someone off the dribble. They're gonna be fine. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm specifically talking about from a shooting standpoint. For yeah, I me, mean, I don't think they're. I think they have moves to make. I don't think they're done. But I mean, you don't need the Cal Corvers in this situation. You don't need you, like LeBron with the. I need the Cal Cor. I need uh, these um, these spot up shooters. With this lineup, you don't need it. You have enough guys who can play. You got to remember most of his teams. They didn't have playmaking off the dribble once they got it. So he had to force it all. This lineup, they can create their own shots. Like if you say, all right, Rondo, go get us a basket or go, go, go get us an actual bucket, he's going to create something. Driving, beating someone up. Like, so he, they have creators. So they're going to be fine. Like, I'm ex- like once I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, this team is going to – they're actually going to be nice. Well, back to the – because of that, back to the idea of length – when we saw these guys coming together, it was like Rondo on a one-year deal, JaVale on a one-year deal, and this was after LeBron signing, right? And it was like everyone's scratching their head because they thought it would be Kawhi or DeRozan. Yeah, you thought you were, you yeah. were going to bring in a bunch of superstars. Um, they so didn't. was this the vision? Like we can make this work no, you with know, these so kind of players? I don't, I don't think it was the vision that the Lakers was looking for. But they got lemons, <laughs> so they can make some lemons. They got some lemons. They, I mean, they got some lemons to make lemonade. Let's let's not let's not take away from what these these guys actually do. So it's depending on where they fall. I got them at what three. I got I got them at three. Best case scenario, you think three? I got them at three. Which towards the end, they're gonna. You have to play chess if you're the Lakers. Um, Four, four San Antonio. Um, last year, and I've always said it, San Antonio is a system team. They don't really need stars because of their their win shares. Whoever the best player is is considered the star. Last year, Kawhi was nowhere on the floor. Nine games didn't play well. They were still ranked three most of the season. They were the third best team in the West for most of the season. So 
with with a with 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 I can't even say Lamarcus Aldridge was a top twenty five player. Yeah, he made the he made the the All Star game because of wins, and he played he well. Really, he, to his credit, he put that team on his. But, back, it, but that's man, what I'm saying. They but were shorthanded. So you got him, and then a bunch of decent. Players, they got some good players, smart players. They got some good players, when and they have to, a great when coach. It, when it comes to when it comes to like bar for bar talent, they didn't match up with anyone. They didn't have the advantage over anyone. Lamarcus never had the advantage over anybody he was playing against. Rudy Gay, they didn't. Patty Mill, they didn't have. They didn't have the advantage over their opponent. But as a team, they're a great team. So the fact that you got DeRozan now. And now you have a half-court guy. I mean, losing Murray kind of hurts. Um, but Patty Mill is solid. So what does Pop do when you – so you go with DeMar and LaMarcus, I'd say, as your one-two punch, right? You still got Pau Gasol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got Rudy Gay, who 100% healthy with last year. is coming off the Achilles injury. What, you got, you got Forbes. Is- you got Quincy. I mean um, – you have you have you have you have solid smart basketball players, right? And and but what that's kind what, of team is this? You have smart players, but what what's their style of play going to be? Top three, top four <laughs> in, the, in the West. I mean, that's are they going to win a championship? No, but no one's going to want to face them in the first round. But what makes them good to where you're going to put them at four? Their system is that's they said they're the most winningest system. But they're the on, most winningest franchise in sports history, not basketball sports history in the last two decades. But based on ball movement? Their style. Ball Un- mo- what, unselfish what, players. What, what, whatever you want to call it. Unselfish they, players. At the whoever right time whoever their picks their player, whoever their scout is, I, I hope he's making $50 million. R.C. Buford? I, I hope he's making 50 because yep. he deserves it. I'm sure he makes that much. <laughs> I mean, he deserves it. Um, Utah. Um. They're decent. Good. Okay. They're decent. Um, yeah, I have them at four. So I, I know that, better they're, they're than decent, decent for me. I mean, you, you have you have Ricky Rubio, you have Mitchell, who came off a great to everyone impressive rookie season. You got Joe. You got Crowder, Grayson. Now Rudy um, Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, you're decent. I, I personally don't think you have anyone that's going to take you over the top. And I know everyone's like, oh, we, we have Mitchell. A 6'3 guard, he averaged 20 last year. What's the 20? Yeah, 20? 20, yeah. 20 last year. He did well if you want to put a rookie status on him. But me, I put age limit on him. I put an age. He's 22 years old. Everyone that came in that class that he's compared to are 18 and 19. He's supposed to be better because he's more experienced, you know, over someone like a Tatum or Zoe or Fultz. So when you compare his rookie year to theirs, I don't because you're three years older, you know. So if, I, if, if, if you want me to be fair, okay, let's see Tatum when he turns 22 and then compare his 22 to what you did at 22. It's going to be better. Well, I think career-wise, Tatum Correct. projects yeah, better. Everyone projects, but that's what everyone projects better. But at the end of the day, he is—he's—he was an older guy at twenty-two. But I think that worked for Utah's purposes. That worked in his favor. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying because he was right away making impact. He make—he comes in making same thing with Grayson. If you look at Grayson right now, Grayson is playing amazing. 
10, 7, and 7. And I also don't think there's as much on him as where he can be the third, fourth option. He'd be, but that's what I'm saying. But Grayson's going to have a great well. – Im- he's going to have a great impact um, this year. And what's so funny is he might be up there with rookie of the year because his numbers are going to reflect it. One, he's 23. So he's an older guy. He knows He knows how to play at that age. But at the end of the day, what I say is I compare – and people say, why do you compare ages? Because so, I said – when your career's done, this is who your age group is. So when you look at LeBron, right, you say, year 16. Yeah, if you say LeBron, year 16. Year 16, his, his players is Bosch, who's out of the league, um, Melo, who's winding down, Dwayne Wade, who's this is last year. Yeah, that's year 16. But those guys were older than LeBron. Yeah, they played college. I said. Big difference. I said, yeah. his group, his guy is Chris Paul. Right. Chris Paul just signed a max also. That's his group. So the age difference between th- these guys versus Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade is on his last leg coming But if out. you go from high school to the pros, your 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 runway is longer because But, but that's you what I'm saying, but you can't you in. can't compare a guy who's so much younger than you. So like Grayson and you know um and Mitchell, they're a, they're going to be considered a, an older backcourt compared to you know most of the guys they go against. So I'm I'm putting Grayson up there as top three right now that's going to be runner-up for rookie of the year. Because I'm looking at, I mean, 10, 10, 7, and 7. I mean, so that that lets you know that he's he's hustling for rebounds. So you you have a fucking not offensively aggressive, but you you have a Westbrook type of guy who's, you know, chasing rebounds, you know, looking to make that pass. So it's 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 going to be one of those things like, eh. And I think you have a great but when it comes to too. but when it comes to star power, I don't I don't think to I don't think Utah has star power. That's what I'm saying. I'm They're not Utah. It's hard. But it's that's like what I'm, saying. But I'm not saying because I'm I don't I'm not saying Mitchell is star power yet because I compare him to 22 year olds. Mm-hmm. I compare him to Carl Anthony Thomas or Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, he had to earn that name. Yeah, like Carl Anthony. Um, Greek. 23. Um, but, you know, these are the guys that Booker. Devin Booker, yep. The, the, these are the guys. Who's, he's young. He's, he's younger than Mitchell. Younger, yeah. You know? So I compare him to those guys, and I say he's not there yet. You know. Um, but you look at what they have. They have a. They have a solid. You know, with Ricky Rubio, with they they have a solid team. They have that kind of pl- uh, playmaking point guard that you just talked about. Yes, they they have a they have a solid they have a solid team. What you know you know who Mitch uh, Donovan reminds me of. You remember um, Ben Gordon, mm-hmm. undersized two guard that just knew how better to defender s- though I think. But but I'm just saying he just knew how to score. Yeah, you couldn't put your finger on like. You couldn't put your finger on his talent, but you knew he had something. Yeah, like with Mitchell, jumper. I, I think that Donovan is more complete than Ben was. Like, like I can like as a basketball, player, I can say, all right, you guys, if you really want to stop Mitchell, push him, push him to his right hand, and everybody's like, why? One is because he's a two foot jumper; he can't jump off his one foot at all. I mean, he can't. So what ends up happening is when you push him right. He's going to try to force with a spin. Uh, he's going to try to force for the spin so he can come back to his left side so he can bounce off too. 
you let him bounce off too, you're in trouble because he has long arms, big hands, and he has bounce. So, but but with with a player like him, you have to understand what his weakness is. His weakness is he can't jump off one. Like you know, you got a forty-two inch vertical with two feet, twenty-two with his his you know jumping off his one foot. So you know you have to. You know, you have to realize what I got, but he's smart enough to stay away from that. Well, I when you when you push him right, he's trying to spin back. He's going to do this little awkward stuff. It's like Ben Gordon missed with a little bit Antoine Jameson. Awkward shots. He just. But he's he's also a hell of an athlete too. To where that's what I said. Think. I, I I I like him, but when it comes to you know getting his team to that next level, I just don't think that. But we'll see. I mean, I think the other thing for for him is the question about your sophomore season have. As he scouted more, he kind of came out of more, more of a phenomenon last. But season. even though I'm a scout, I got to remember he's he's an older player. He's mm-hmm. not like like I seen a draft. But the league adjusted. I seen a draft and it said um, Mitchell won. Like no, if you're a GM, you're not putting Mitchell won. You got to remember, Fultz, Fultz played the last two like last ten games of the season. The last game of the season hit a triple double. Became the youngest triple double ever in history. That's how young this kid was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, what do you expect from some kid that's this young? Nothing. I don't expect nothing from you. But you hit a triple double. Lonzo hit in his what second, third game. Mm-hmm. This guy hit that. So he's that much younger than Alonzo or Zo. Um, you, you still got Dennis Smith Jr. You see his talent, but these guys are young. Wait till these guys get. Got to remember, Tatum. Tatum, Fultz. Dennis Smith, one of those three will be an actual all-star by the age of 22. I'm going to go with Tatum for that one. But uh, Dennis Smith? Know, it's funny. We were talking before we started rolling about high school players and getting ranked too high too early to where I think guys like uh, Mitchell's a great example of, you know, you put in a lot more work when less is expected of you and you want to be on the mountain. But, that's what that, but I, I look at it like this. And if, like, And when I was going through college, and it's, you know, it's like, you don't want to be the older guy. Yeah, you're going to, like, I tell people, like, okay, you, you can take Allen Iverson. As great as Allen Iverson was, by the time he was 25, he was a three-time, by the time he was 26, he was a three-time All-Star by 26. Kobe was in that same draft. He was a seven-time All-Star by the age. Of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was a seven-time All-Star by the age of 26. You know that that's 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 the difference between and AI was rookie of the year that of that class. But you can see who the stud. Same thing with um, Greek, Michael Carter, Michael Carter Williams, 22-year-old rookie coming in. By time by t- he was a rookie. By time Guinness was 22, he was All-Star already. <laughs> So that's what I said. When, once these guys can, like, yeah, you're better now because you're older. You're three year, two years older. You're supposed to be. But have you maxed out? But because gotta remember, yeah. at the third, at, at the at your third year, you're turning over. So no matter how good Mitchell is, by the time his third year kicks in, he's gonna be at an all star level. He's gonna be 20, 23, 24. 24, 23, 24 for Tatum might be three times off. You know, the funny thing, I think a lot of teams are drafting that way. They've the always side. drafted that way. You, you, you rarely had juniors and seniors being picked in, in the lottery. It's always young guys because you got to remember, young guys has a bigger upside. Like, we know what you look like at 21. He still has three more years. So I want to see, like, if, if you're this much better than him, at, you know, and he, you're three years older, 
I give him three years in the NBA, he will be better than you were. At You're that betting age. on them improving. Yeah. Uh, speaking of improving, I'm also going to put this out there. I think what Utah has, the most improved player for this year, Dante Exum. Love that guy coming off the bench. What they, what we saw towards the end of the year with what he could do. I don't even know who the fuck that is. I'm, I'm, I'm even going to lie. <laughs> there were there. <laughs> Sorry, well, I, I think that. a lot of people um, expectations were were high on him. Came out of Australia, high draft pick. Thought he was like the next. Sorry, I Penny Lamar Odom type player. Um, had an ACL injury. But he showed signs of what he could be last year, and they gave him a contract for that. And I just think that's the type of guy, when you have him off your bench and you talk about depth in the team. What team? Utah. Still talking about Utah. <laughs> Again. Just why. Let's put it out there now. What's we're, his we're name? Happy. Dante Exum. Exum. Dante Exum. Uh, okay, nope. so that's our top four. Who's your sleeper in the West? Hmm. I like I, I like Minnesota. No, well, my sleeper no, was no. My, my sleeper was the Lakers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if there my are sleeper three was the issues, Lakers. I'm saying I mean, outside of your top four, I like these guys to come on. I mean, strong. Okay, like Minnesota, I mean, we don't. I think OKC. Okay, okay, look, OKC would be. Well, they were three for me. They don't have enough. Yeah, and I don't think they're surprising anybody. They don't. They don't they have are. enough. Like yeah, OKC is going to be fifth, sixth. Um, Blazers going to be four, five, six. You if know, they, it's, that could be. I could see a move where McCollum goes to LA, something like that. Yeah, um, be that kind of guy Anthony Davis. Nim, I don't see. I don't. If the, if they make the playoffs, I give them a high five. <laughs> I mean, you lost Rondo and you lost True Holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lost your point guard and your go to guy. I don't, I don't see how you make it anywhere. Well, I'm excited about my team, my sleeper team. I think they will be very good, and they're very deep. Um, Denver. Denver, Denver, Denver. I'm trying to think of who they got. I mean, last time I heard Denver is when uh, Melo was on there. Uh-huh. That's the last time Denver was good when Melo played, right? Uh, they well, they just missed the playoffs last year. Okay. Yeah, they, they're King. just going to miss it again. No, I, I think they got better. <laughs> they're just going to miss it again. Who did they get? You, well, you have a healthy Paul Millsap. You have uh, Isaiah Thomas, that one year, going to play well. Um, Wait, little Isaiah? Little Isaiah. Okay. What do you think I meant the oldest one? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure <laughs> out. <what's laughs> I, mean, they have the, I mean, the best player is their center point guard. Your well, you have... You have Jokic, the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say Joker, him to last, it. but Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, I like that backcourt a lot, along with, uh, with IT. Uh, Millsap is at your four. Um, and then you go uh, Trey Lyles and Will Barton. <sighs> this team will play well together, and then you also have the Joker. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. As good as he was in high school, um, How does he look so far? He looks injured. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem with him, but that's exact- healthy, he's a hell of a player. I, I, I'm, and that's I what they drafted him as. The sad part is, I don't want to be the negative Scrooge here, but McDice, Dwight Howard, both had that same back injury. And you, the, the two players that I just named were very explosive guys. That back injury takes away your explosion. 
So I'm pretty sure he can't jump the way he used to. And if he can't jump the way he used to, then he's not the player he used to be. And I'm pretty sure they're not expecting him to really even play or contribute this year. But get his body but, right. But think about it. The White had his surgery five years ago. Yep. He still hasn't. He still has not regained that power. Also, how old is he now? Thirty-two. He's thirty-one. Nineteen. Thirty-two. If, when you're a freak of nature, you're a freak of nature. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you, when you, you have a, something when you have a 44-inch vertical at 19, you have a 44-inch vertical at 32. But if you have a back surgery that takes away all yeah. your power, then that just takes away your power. There at 19 or 32. So if you say right now, and it's been how long? A year, year and a half for Michael Porter Jr.? year, yeah, at this point. Yeah, about a year. And he still hasn't regained that power because he lost it. And that's why he's I don't I mean, I don't know what the surgery does, but I remember watching McDice and what happened to him and I've seen the struggles of Dwight Howard. And, you know, I can so when you know, when you so when I said how does he look, and you say does he look injured, yeah, because he can't move the way he used to. That back injury, you've taken muscles out and huh. Well, I'm glass half full. You said you're the negative Scrooge, but... Wait, a, a sleeper team could be the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Dallas? Yeah. There, I think there also there's a lot of young teams. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I mean, not sleeper. I just, I mean, I'm excited to see what Dallas brings Yeah, um, with the two young kids over there. Um, I want to see what Phoenix has with those two young guys. So, I mean, are those guys going to be ready to make the playoffs and win? No, not. Just, no, there but are, just exciting teams to watch. Right. There so, are so at this point everyone's got hope. Like so my hope, my teams that I'm gonna be watching this year will be Lakers, Toronto only to change my mind about Kawhi. I just wanna be We could be out there really. I quick. just wanna I just want him to change my mind because I like him as a as a as a person. So I just want him to change my mind. So I'm gonna be just watching him. I don't care about the rest of the team. But you don't have to see much. You can just check on that. Real no, I don't want to. I don't want to check on the stats. I want to see him play. So I'm going to be watching him, and then Phoenix, Dallas. I'll be watching. Um, they got a real nice young backcourt. And then Philly, and then Philly, Boston. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, you guys are solid. That would be fun to watch. You guys are yeah. solid. I'll be watching that two matchups. The two matchups between Boston, but and all the talent that that team has, how they play, and you know when they match up against good teams like a Golden State or something like that, that'll be, you know. One of the best games of the year. Yeah. I would predict. And also the Lakers. Yeah, that's what I said. You put Lakers. them out that's, there. Yeah. I said Lakers. Yeah, yeah. That's a, no, for that, me too. With Lakers, if I, if that's what, remember I told you strategy, if I'm Lakers and the playoffs is coming, depending on where Houston is, is depending on where I fall. If Houston's one, fall four. If Houston's two, fall three. Get, Get the three. that matchup. You don't, yeah, because the reason you want Houston is. We've seen it. We've seen it last year. They're not disciplined enough to win a championship. Like I, I, I've never won a championship, but championship teams are disciplined. And I don't know if CP can control Harden and Melo more Harden than anything enough not to take heater shots in bad situations. So we've seen. When he's on fire, what he does, and we've seen the shots he takes that has them losing, and you can't do that. So if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I would want to play that team 
that will take 25 undisciplined chuck threes and not get back on defense. But what does that championship-level discipline look like? The, the team that makes minimal mistakes. You know, um, like when you look at Golden State, the mistakes they make are – they're not a last two-minute team because they've never been in situations to learn how to be – to execute very well the last two minutes – but they don't really need it. Right, they're used to steamrolling you. They, they, they steamroll you. They play well together. They, 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 they don't really make many mistakes, and they make you pay on every mistake. With, with Houston, is their mistakes is very bad. Like, you know, 21 seconds in the shot clock, you just miss two threes, and you take a step back, 35-footer, miss it, don't get back on defense. Or you try to throw a cross-court pass, they're stolen, you don't get back on defense. Where instead of making it a two-on-one, it's just a two-on-one. You know, and, and, and that's, that's where Houston lacks. They, ha- they lack the discipline. Like if they can, if they can control, like you, and you, when you, if I'm them, forget the regular season. I'm looking at the championship game of what we did wrong. Or, you know, the, the Western Conference. That's what I'm looking at. Where's the mistakes? What, how do we keep losing these leads? It's going to be the same thing. So who does that fall on more than anybody on that team? Uh, coaching. Coaching. Okay. But then – Coaching. As far as players go – Coaching. Right. But – A player they're, is going to – They're three, right? They're, they're top three. A player is going to do exactly what you allow him to do and more. Sure. So if, you, if, if you're supposed to be on a diet and you let the motherfucker keep getting cheat days – Instead of six days of working hard and one cheat day, it becomes two days of working hard and four cheat days, and that's what that's what Houston is. But I think for them, those three, I, they're at places in their career where it's really just like championship now. But for for Melo, he knows this is he, that's all he wants at this point. He but doesn't again, need to prove anything want, else knowing or do anything what, knowing else. what you want does not translate to actually getting it. Working to what you want. Are these guys working on getting back on defense? Are these guys working on, I just shot two threes. I'm open. I'm going to drive. Or am I just going to chuck this three up again? I think it motivates you. Oh. Being at this point. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you they're going to shoot 50, 70, 50 threes a game again. They're not going to change. You don't change. Either you have it. Like, Chris Paul is probably the only disciplined player on that team. And you can tell by his stats, he has the best assist to turnover ratio in NBA history. It's better than John Stockton. I mean, you're talking about a 9-to-1 guy, a 10-to-1 guy. You remember I said it last year on our show. The last five minutes of the game, I do not want the ball in James Harden's hands. Because in that, in, that, in that last five minutes, he might turn the ball over two times, take four or five bad shots. Four of them might go in, but it's still four or five bad shots. Chris Paul, last five minutes, he's going to have zero turnovers. And every single shot would be great. So you want James on a catch-and-shoot situation, something like that. Catch-and-shoot. I don't want him on the ice. And that's hard to that, – that is – as a coach, as a player, that is insane to say, hey, James – Look, I know you're the MVP and you're the best player on the team, 
But yeah, we don't want to give you the ball the last four or five minutes because we're trying to win. Like, like that's not a conversation you How about can actually last have. Eight seconds. That, but that's still that's not a conversation you no. you want to have. But for them to turn that extra leaf, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, and I feel like that was the move bringing. Uh, Chris Paul there last year. Yeah, but now, again, now, if you're Chris Paul, how do you tell this MVP guy, <laughs> 28, the Mr. 50, Mr. 60, how do you tell him, triple-double guy, how do you tell him, I don't want the ball in your hand the last five minutes to give ourselves the best chance of winning? Unless you, unless you have one of those motherfucking um, future balls for him to see, <laughs> yo, you don't shoot. We're going to win, or the ball is not in your hand. We're going to win. He's, this is not going to happen. And I think it's like telling that's West. On Mike it's, ult- that's ultimately on D'Antoni, you know. And but I, it, it's one of those things that that's not going to happen. Well, the thing for that. But for, I'm just saying, but when you have these two type of players and you're looking at their stats and you're saying, yeah, yeah, Chris Paul never turns the ball over the last five minutes. Every shot he gets or creates is a – is – if it was in bass uh, percentage terms, every shot he's producing is a 75%er. James, you're in the 20%. Yeah, you're going to make it. You're going to do this. You're going to give. But at the end of the day, it's like the highest percentage guy is Chris Paul with the ball. But you can also make that work for you when you tell Chris Paul, okay, you don't have to carry us for four quarters. No, me, you, me. It, you can set everybody up but that's the, the problem. game and then take over down the stretch. That's, but, that, but how do you have that conversation? Yeah, yeah, James, that's, that's, James, you do what you do until the last five minutes. He's <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. How do, I, got, I got 55 right now. Yeah. You know, I got 55. I can hit 70. Uh, oh. And they're like, well, that, that, the shots you're going to have to take to get 70, we fuck around, might lose this game. By the way, you got Melo over here too. Yeah, so. But Melo is not – Melo is not – Melo's catch and shoot. Like Melo's shots is – Melo don't take bad shots. He's not a bad shot taker. James is a bad shot taker and maker. But just his style, his style of playing just needs to be controlled only in the last five minutes. Harden does something incredibly well that not many players do is they make tough shots in tough situations. But, then, against... but at the end of the day, they're not tough shots to him. No, exactly. So they're it's not tough shots. That's his talent. But at the they're end not, of the day, they're, not hard for him. they're tough shots at certain points of the game. Like if you just missed three, your team just missed three or four jumpers. I know you're on fire, but if you take this jumper and misses it, it compounds <laughs> this run they're going on. And that's when you need to understand, let's get a good shot, let's get to the free throw line, let's slow down this momentum. And he's not and that and that and that's where they lost, you know, to go to stay that. So hopefully they can change that part of their game. If they can change that part, then they're going to be dangerous. I, I am betting on them. But if I'm the Lakers, uh, that's who I want to play. <laughs> you, you want that match? I'll rather have the – if they're one, I want to be four. If they're two, I want to be three. For, for the reason of the length that you talked about in mm-hmm. those matchups. So, Well, I'm going to go on record. Okay. LeBron has a better cast than he did last year. That's not – yeah, that's not out of the – I'm just saying, he has, a better, no. he has yeah. a better cast of players. I think their athletic style of play fits LeBron better, right, than that Cleveland team. LA. No, no, no. I'm saying that Cleveland team, his, the first half, that team everyone was complaining about, that's the team he needed in the playoffs. Yeah. He needed, the, he needed those athletes, you know, 
than than the team he got. Stuck but so it. he has a team of athletes now. Mm-hmm. Young athletes too. Yeah. So, well, good news. Good news for a lot of people. There's a lot to look forward to. A lot of teams and, and their fans. And it's just our opinions. Sure. <laughs> so what are you saying? It, doesn't, it matters. Mine matters because I'm going to be right. <laughs> okay. Well, we basically agreed. No, we didn't agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't agree. I got Philly over Boston. I got Philly agree. over Boston. I got Lakers number three. Okay. It's on Facts. the record. MVP? Call. Who you got? The, two, the top three players is going to be – I mean, if LeBron gets that team to the to third spot, he's, he's, he's MVP. That's facts. That's another chapter in LeBron legacy. Yeah, that's – I mean, if, yeah, he gets, if he gets the Lakers to the third yeah. spot, he's MVP because first spot would be Houston. I mean, I mean, Hardy can go back-to-back. Um, KD, you know, KD and um, Curry, their numbers is going to – you know, they're not going to have the numbers. Everybody else, their win shares won't allow them to be. DeMar DeRozan oh, will be I, mentioned. I thought you were going to say somebody else, but go ahead. Yeah, DeMar, yeah, DeMar, yeah. DeMar, 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 DeMar DeRozan will be mentioned as an MVP candidate. If they're, uh, above, if they're, they're one be, or two. They're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to start off hot with a three, with if a four seed. If they're a three seed, I don't think he's MVP, though. No, they're going to, he's going to be mentioned. Man, I mean, yeah. you're going to, let's just say, Greek could be top leader first week, two weeks, three weeks. Because he's going to be averaging 32, 30. We, yeah, he's going to be there. But I got one for you that Who? nobody really talks about. And if they go one, pretty much Embiid? it could be him. I'm going Boston, Kyrie. If they win 60 games. Yeah, they're, they're, if they win 60 games, yes, they're going to give it to Kyrie. But will Kyrie have an MVP year? No. Depends on his numbers, no. right? I think his numbers have to be in, in a certain place. No, where because he was. If he okay. averages, let's say, a career high assist. He, he, he will. He, he goes for twenty five, right? Twenty five a game. So okay, in Cleveland. So he'll, he can get that in. His okay, league. think about it like this. This is why I say MVP voting is a bunch of bullshit because I don't know what they're looking at. Cleveland under LeBron, he was a second option. He averaged twenty six and six. Their team was second. Right, second, he was not mentioned. But he was not mentioned. He goes to Boston. But he goes. But he goes to Boston. He goes to Boston. His numbers were worse. Statistically, he was having the worst year of his career during the stretch that they were actually winning. His um, percentage was the worst of his career. Three point percentage, worst of his career. His free throws was the worst of his career. <laughs> like, he was having the worst statistical year of his basketball career, and he was being called the MVP candidate. Because, it, you know what it is? It's not <laughs> so, all about statistics. You but, say, what are they looking at? But when you think about what I'm saying is he was having the worst mm-hmm. year of his career, but he's getting called the MVP candidate. When you think about it, how? Because he's the best player on a good team. Okay. That puts you right in there. Yeah, so the best player on a good team, but he was not actually playing well. So the wins wasn't actually technically coming from him to actually be put in that category, but he was having a worst year, but being called an MVP this year. So it was like, eh. So if he wins it, it it won't win because he's dominated. It's because his team played great. But they won't be number one anyway because 
That's what I'm banking on. Because Philly has that spot. All right. See you in um, in June. How about this? When am I ever wrong? Never. In your, in your eyes, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> You're right. Never. I never. I never. I'm never wrong. Yeah. She has talked to me, and me has talked to she. On the day it's coming that we must be personally. She has talked to me, and me has talked to she. On the day it's coming that we must be personally. She has talked to me, and me has talked to she. On the day it's coming that we must be personally. She has talked to me, and me has talked to she. On the day it's coming that we must be personally.